Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is the show where geeks talk about God and God followers talk about geeky things. My name is Luke Navarro. This is episode 23, and my faithful co-host, Mike Perna, is not with us today. He's gone and gotten himself married. As the show airs, he is off on his honeymoon, we hope, enjoying his honeymoon, doing honeymooning things. But not to worry, folks, I've got a backup mic for you. My uh, my good friend, uh, who for 15 years, I think, uh, Mike Bosha. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, Luke, how you doing? I, I am doing just fine. Um, let's see, folks, I, I met Mike, um, let's see, it was in college. Uh, we uh, were introduced through, well, at the time, they were our girlfriends. Uh, maybe fiancé, I don't know. Uh, but eventually we married those girls and uh, have kind of come up through life together. You know, done the whole wedding and uh, career and home and children thing. And now we're both well into raising our children. Mike is uh, Mike is one of the archetypal geeks. He is the old school geek who went out there and as a teenager learned his craft and uh got himself a job and today still uh spends at least well i don't know mike how much of your day now coding these days uh not as much as i'd like but at least a couple hours if so I'm goes responsibility safe. huh so goes <laughs> responsibility yes yes but you know i don't think i'm quite the quintessential geek that you guys are listening to this kind, show man, just a different kind I'm more like the pocket protector nerd type. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I, I, it, there was a time when I could have conversations with you about programming, but uh, that that gap has widened too far. Too far. Uh, you know, last week we were talking on the show about uh, one of the biggest bits of geek news that was going to happen this week, and uh, it did, it, the release of Diablo 3, um, and last week, man, I, I we were talking, and I was really torn about whether or not I wanted to buy this game, uh, and I know you're kind of in a, the similar situation I am, so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I almost never buy video games, or at least I never buy new, oh, I hear brand that. new release games. I hear that, yeah. There's just so much, yeah. Less risk when you buy a used game. Well, yeah, uh, you you get to the benefit of, and especially a game like this where they didn't even give out. I mean, there was a beta, but they didn't give out release copies, so there weren't reviews prior to release. I mean, it is a, a long-standing, a very long-standing series. And Blizzard does have a reputation for making sure it's right when they send it out. They do, though. They that that looks like it may be a little bit blemished with the uh, the trouble they had on the first couple of days of release. Yeah, I've been reading the the blogs and the jokes about the blogs, comics even about Error Thirty Seven and all that. So it's interesting. Know, I was torn. It's sixty bucks, and the thing is, it, you you can't get a used version of this game. No, because there isn't a used. I mean, not a legit used PC market, and but you know, and Blizzard games they they don't tend to go down in price very much. No, over no, time. And, they, and they usually have the staying power. I mean, even with the errors that they have with release, they're going to be fixed here pretty soon. And 
Diablo 3 will consume a lot of our lives. Right. Well, and it has already since I, I did go ahead and make the decision to buy it, though it's a tough decision. You know, I'd get all of most of my uh, Xbox games through Gamefly. Yeah. That's like four months of Gamefly. <laughs> you know, 60 bucks. That's like a month of piano lessons for the kids or whatever. Uh, but I decided I had such a long history with this series that I would go ahead and do the thing I never ever do, and that is buy a new, especially a new PC game. Oh yeah, and you're still du- dual booting into uh, it into runs, Windows. It runs native on Mac. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, nice. I, you know what, man? I I tried the dual booting thing with um, uh, the Old Republic. Yeah, and it it's it works fine. There's no problems. Uh, it, it was a little bit of a, a chore getting it installed, but once I got it installed, it was once I got Windows you, installed, it wasn't any different than running Windows on any other machine. You've made mention on the show though about how you just can't flip into a game. You, you just, can't. That means you have to log out. You have to reboot. You can't play for 15 minutes, man. And I know your life is like mine. 15 minutes is sometimes all you got. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm getting to the point now where when my wife steps out with the younger kids, my son and I turn on the Xbox and play. As many games as we can before she gets back. <laughs> just, just rapid fire, uh, <laughs> rapid fire gaming. So you actually have a, a little bit of a situation because you have kids with a really, not a really wide, but a pretty wide set of ages. What are, you have four kids? What are the ages of your kids? Well, we go from ten, and then I have a daughter who's going to be nine in a few weeks here, and then. Uh, I got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. So very different gaming worlds for a ten-year-old and a five-year-old. Yes, but they all—they all are heavenly. Well, heavenly is a good word for it. I mean, even my five-year-old—he's like, "Can I play uh, shoot the apple on the Android or whatever?" He—he's into Kirby. They—I mean, I came down on Sunday morning. And they were all playing Kirby for player Kirby together. Um, it's just fun to watch them play. But yeah, definitely varied. I got my oldest who's playing the Zelda games and has finished more than three Zelda games now, I believe. He's finished uh, Skyward Sword. He's finished Spirit Tracks. Um, Wind Waker, I believe, for the DS. Uh, and so, and he's almost about to finish Twilight Princess, which really, really irks me. <laughs> okay. Because I have been playing Twilight Princess since it came out, but I don't own the game. So my profile's been sitting there a couple of years, and my son picks it up, and he passes me within a week. Yeah, well, they do have more time than we do. <sighs> they do. But, uh, well, that, you know, that's the tough thing about being a parent in gaming, too. I mean, I, I thought, I used to think it was my right to play Halo while everybody was napping. And then when people stopped napping at my house uh-huh. which was a couple of years that, ago. That's a tough time. Uh, I started getting frustrated. Where's my Halo time? So. Well, and your kids are old enough now that, you know, my kids are still a little bit younger, a few years younger than yours, so they're in bed pretty early. And so I do oh, have yeah. that, that maybe hour or two window where they're in bed and I'm sure they're in bed asleep. Because... <laughs> They might be up there, but there's still things happening on these games. I don't even want them to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, my oldest will sneak out behind me and watch me play for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, last week on the show or last episode on the show, we were talking about how there is, uh, it seems like in the gaming community, uh, there are some really vile things that get said and that happen uh, amongst especially the multiplayer. You know, we're talking Xbox Live, PlayStation, uh, Call of Duty kind of a world. And there are, you know, generally younger men or older kids who by and large are kind of doing a lot of this. And one of our our hopes, I guess, was that those of us uh, in our generation who are raising our kids now uh, can raise our kids in a way where we we have a little bit more vigilance over the games they're playing because we're actively involved in the games that they're playing. And we can kind of be there right alongside them, teaching them how to act and how to be as you play these games. Right. We don't. I don't think we have the ignorance that some of the parents have now where some of the parents didn't really play games growing up, so they, they don't have the experience. Right. I think we're kind of you know, right there, right? Our generation, you and I, we're the sort of first people who grew up playing games, like from when we were first born, practically. Oh yeah, and are now oh. now have kids. You know, we're we're kind of that that first wave. I think so. Yeah, I mean, although video games back then on the Atari and the Commodore weren't quite like they are today. No, none. And, and that's another problem. I mean, games back then. I mean, it could be about the most vilest thing, but it was still like fourteen pixels on a page. Well, you think about uh, Gauntlet, right? Uh, oh yeah, and it and it's. Gauntlet is the predecessor to Diablo 3. Right, but you didn't have... I mean, a skull was just a few pixels. Right. There's nothing and, nothing it, frightening, nothing... But there's no way I'm going to let my kids, even in the room, when Diablo 3 is playing... I mean, obviously, they're way too young, and they're not even interested in playing a game like that, but I don't even want them around. My wife used to call Diablo the Wicca game, because, you know, the pause menu had the... Uh, the, uh, the uh, pentagram, pentagram floating right. around, yeah. Uh, well, and Mike Perna, my co-host last uh, episode, mentioned that his wife is, is so uncomfortable with the game, or his, well, at least his wife now, we hope, uh, <laughs> that's so uncomfortable with the game that he's not going to even buy it. Uh, and so, I mean, it is one of those games, and you know what the thing is? Is that Diablo is tame compared oh, yeah. to so much of what is out there now. So you've got a 10-year-old boy, right? I have an eight-year-old and six-year-old girl. You have a ten-year-old boy. Brother, we live in different worlds. Oh, yeah. You have so many more concerns when it comes to video games, and you're, you're so much more into this conversation than I am, and probably that I will ever be. I, and I think that kind of sucks, but it's reality. Uh, yeah, you know, well... You've got boys. You've got three boys <laughs> that are going to eventually all be going through this process. Yeah, I've got three boys, and... Um... And, you know, it's like, for example, um, Skyward Sword is uh, rated, I think, E10 plus or something like that. But okay. my five-year-old sits and watches it. And for him, it's a it's a show. Right. right? He watches his older brother play, and it's a show. But if you if you look at uh, Skyward Sword is rated, you know, uh, Twilight Princess is rated T. So that one, you know, my wife and I had to have a conversation about whether or not we we're going to let Nehemiah play that one. And uh, there's some places in there. I mean, he does much better than me. I am. I get scared out of my mind. Some of these games. Oh, dude! Uh, don't don't even get me started on games like um, 
What's the name of the game with the flashlight? Oh, uh, uh, like Alone in the Dark, or no, uh... Um, Alan Wake. Oh, yes. Oh, dude, I, I, I stopped playing. I couldn't do it, because I'm such a wimp. Yeah, and I jump easy, and I don't mind... I mean, I jump at the space alien stuff, and I don't mind that stuff. That stuff doesn't bother me. Some of the occult games, they, like... I get freaked out too easy. And I can't play at night. Because it's even more freaky because it's at night. And I can't play in the middle of the day now because, well, now i got kids watching me. So, I mean, but like Max Payne, I remember I bought this game and I was so excited about bullet time. Then I think it was about the fourth level was like in the occult. Like you, you go into this warehouse and it was like all occulty and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm too scared. And so... These kids aren't as quite as scared, and my my youngest is he's weird, not scared, but <laughs> but I always I always didn't like you know horror movies and such, so I'm not surprised. I mean, part of the reason why I don't play I never played Twilight Princess as much is because even the pose where they're they're like invisible until you turn into the dog, and then you can see this like ghostly thing. Man, if it was like two a.m. I was scared. Dude, everything's creepy at 2 a.m. I know, everything's creepy at 2 a.m. But my son, he's just like, boom, done. We're going through the game. He's trying to finish. I'm trying to have an experience that's all engaging. He's trying to finish. I think that's the difference. Well, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I definitely now, I play games so much slower now than I used to. And not just because of my life situation, but because I'm intentionally trying to play the game slowly. I want to savor it. I want to enjoy it. And maybe that is because I don't have quite as much time to play. But, you know, I think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah's in what? Fifth grade? Fourth grade? Somewhere in there? He's in, he's in fourth grade, he's yeah. He's in fourth grade. Uh, you know, he is either at the point now or getting to the point where he's got friends who are playing things like Call of Duty. That's the thing. He does have friends playing Call of Duty and friends playing Halo. And every once in a while, I'll squeeze out a Halo match with him, but, um, you know, it's usually just me and him. But the conversations, I think, they get too uh, rowdy, and hmm. the conversations are kind of scary. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to kill you. And then the next spawn's like, okay, we're, we're not playing any Halo anymore. Uh, or you, you, can't, you can't go over to his house and play Halo anymore. And we've had to have those conversations with some of our friends' parents. Like, well, when Nehemiah's not here, he's not allowed to do this. He's not allowed to play the Call of Duty games, those kind of things. It's a very delicate balance. And some parents are really upset. You're like, why are you such a prude? And some parents are like, I understand. I understand. And in some cases, they don't let their kids play those games, too, which right. that's kind of rare. But, I mean. It's nice to it find, though. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends on, you know, who's the parents and who you're dealing with, what they think of. Um, some of the games and the kids and all that. But the dads, you know, the, most of them are playing too, so. so no, well, you know, uh, mostly, and you've already referred to it a couple of times, every game has a rating. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's always been there, but it's never been something I've looked at. In fact, when I went to buy Diablo 3, I'm standing in GameStop, and they card me. <laughs> What is the rating on that game? Is it it's M? rated M. And yeah. they card me. And I'm thinking, dude, do I look 18 to you? <laughs> Folks who are only listening to my voice, I don't look 18. Okay? I haven't looked 18 since I was 18. And 
but they carded me. And so, I, you know, I actually told the guy, good on you. You know, good good that you're doing this because there's probably going to be some kid who tries to come in here and buy it. And, and uh, he's probably going to get away with it in most places. But now as a parent, I, I start looking at those things. And I have now started to to, to take those ratings into account. So do you take those ratings into account or do you take the game into account when you're deciding on what your kids get to play? Well, I think I think uh we do both, but the ratings have a huge bearing on whether or not we even have that discussion. Right? And then for for example, Twilight Princess was a tough one for us cuz he just finished Skyward Sword and he was looking for another, you know, Zelda game to play. And so Sarah and I talked about it, and I showed her some of the screenshots from the game, and he's like, oh, I can handle that. He, he's okay. And I told him the content of the game, that, that is one of those cases where the content of the game is not the, uh, it's, it's not the subject matter that's an issue. It's more the visuals that are an issue, right? Some other games, that's not the case. The content of the game is just bad. I mean, uh, I like the Call of Duty games, but you know when you're hearing another soldier drop, you know the S bomb or the F bomb, uh, you know I don't I don't need my kid hearing that. I'm an adult. I know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Um, but um, he's not quite there yet, I, and I, I don't want him to hear those words from a game that I let him play. So I mean, it's we do talk about it. And we have sidestepped the ESRB, and it almost you almost feel bad because you're like, well, you know, these guys really know better than me. Should I, you know? But but it, when it comes down to it, is you know, how mature is your kid? Um, is the subject matter really appropriate or not? And are you willing to, you know, have at least have the discussion about the content of the game or not? And when they're playing the game, how often are one of you there? Well, Nehemiah is a weird egg because he he likes to wake up. This is how he gets his game time in. He wakes up six o'clock Saturday morning, Been and there, then, <laughs> yep, before anyone else is up, so he doesn't have to share the TV because we only have one TV at our house. So <laughs> he one wakes TV, up. TV, four kids. They're going to be good at conflict resolution. That's nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So we only have the one TV, so he'll sneak up and he'll wake up and play um, 6 a.m. to like 8 a.m. So honestly, most of the time I'm not there. And I'm not concerned about him with uh, Twilight Princess, because if I was concerned to the point where I felt like I needed to be there for that game, I just wouldn't let him play. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And, and on the other games, um, I haven't seen them sidestep me and play the games without my permission. But I know on the Xbox, for example, I have the content control set. On the Wii, I don't. But I don't think we own any games for the Wii that require would require it. Right. But then, but then they have Netflix and Hulu uh-huh. there too. So can we talk about Netflix? Can we talk about Netflix? Because I'm starting to come across this problem. Uh, you know, Netflix and we we have Netflix on uh, an Apple TV that is on a little tiny TV that we have for the kids. And it's so easy to use on the Apple TV and with this little tiny controller that only has basically like two buttons on it mm-hmm. in a very apple kind of way that now both my kids, including the six-year-old, 
have figured out how to use Netflix. Oh, yeah. My five-year-old can use it with the week. Uh, you know, because all he has well, to do is point. point. That's, even, yeah. that's even easier. Um, you know, and most of the time, it's just like, just like you said, man. It's Saturday mornings. The only time in the entire week I get to sleep in. Right. Because uh, Sundays we're up for church. And it's, that's the morning that the kids could, if they want to, and probably have on occasion, uh, watch things that, that aren't, I mean, it's not like my, my eight-year-old girl is off trying to, you know, find something bad to watch, but just stuff that I'm not comfortable with, even maybe just because I don't know what it is, I haven't watched it. Uh, you know, they're just exploring through the, the whole, you know, recommendation engine thing in Netflix. Right. Well, I mean even even some of the Disney shows are age specific, right? Oh, absolutely. The and you so, know, pretty much any Disney show with live action people, I'm not real thrilled about my kids watching. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in a few years. Right. right. I mean my my daughter's just she's 9 now, and so she's or she's going to be 9 soon and she's starting to pick up, you know, I think we just watched um uh Zack and Cody, right? They're watching all the Zack and Cody's. And so those are okay, but there was a while when we said, no, you can't watch Zack and Cody, you know, until, until everybody was kind of ready to watch it. Not that there's anything bad. It's just some of the situations they get themselves into and all that. It's just, just you just want it to be age appropriate, right. kind of like for your video games. You have to kind of, you have to ask the question. The problem with Netflix is that, at least, I don't know how it works on the Apple TV. Is there a kids section? There is now. There was recently there an update, and so they have the Just for Kids, which is good, because now I can use Netflix, too. Yes. Uh, because yes, I so. don't even want them looking at the covers exactly. on the generic, you know, regular, you know, new releases or whatever on Netflix. Exactly. You got you got everything from ghost skulls to um, scantily clad women. Well, and like 90% of the streaming uh, offering on Netflix was, uh, you know, the stuff on in the back room of uh, Video 99 in the 80s. <laughs> so it's uh, it's bad, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even want to get caught watching that stuff. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I feel like uh, until they had the Just for Kids thing, I wouldn't let them, I'd put the controller up. You know, the good news is they're still short, so I can mm -hmm. still put the controller higher than they can reach it. But... Uh, and they haven't... To my knowledge, they haven't really applied the content controls in a reasonable manner to the Netflix thing. But even then, okay, so even if you have the kids section, which I, I've seen the kids section, you know, it's got it, it's got the Caillou's and the characters right. all at the top, right? right? But there's still some shows that we don't let the kids watch because you know the the humor just kind of gets out of control. Like there was one show, it was like Johnny Test or something. Uh, and if you like the show, uh, I, I don't want to offend you, but, uh, you know, a lot of fart humor. Nothing wrong necessarily with fart humor but until you have you, three boys. And it makes your life a little bit harder. Yes. Yeah. When you're trying to get everybody to sit at a restaurant very quietly and somebody remembers one of the fart humor jokes, then all of a sudden you're laughing, but you feel bad that you're laughing because you really need to get them to stop doing fart jokes at the table at the restaurant. So, and that's why uh, the, the the pleasures of having boys, and and that's why not not that the content's bad, not that you can't fart, make fart jokes because they're boys and I'm their dad and we do that together for fun sometimes. But 
it just can't be their modus operandi. You know, they, it can't be the first thing they think of. It, it can't be, oh, those those boys are known for fart jokes. Right. And if they watch it over and over and over and over again, guess what's going to happen? Well, that's, that's sort of what we came down to uh, last episode when we were talking about this behavior, right? I've watched so many, and it's about 12 years old, right? Junior high. So you're getting there, brother. And these great kids. And all of a sudden, somewhere around junior high, parents kind of start letting go a little bit, which they should do, right? Uh, but the kids get into, and it really is uh, the online game world. And all of a sudden, they're hearing things that they would never hear. Because you can't say these things anywhere else. You can't say them in school. You can't say them in your house. You, you can't, can't even say them, say them on the street. When you're playing, you know, Little League, those kind of things. Because there's generally adults around. Yeah, sure. But but now they have this environment that is a closed environment. They are in. Mom and dad aren't there. And it's just garbage after garbage after garbage. And you're right. If you continue to hear something, you're going to do it. I do it. Yeah, you know, if yeah. if I'm in a place where people are speaking in a in a way I don't normally speak, or if uh, you know the ideas are trashy or whatever, I have to check myself because it's easy to fall into that process. It's easy oh, to fall yeah. into that that uh, that group. Yeah, easily, easily. I think uh, we all fall into that. And I, uh, you know, a good friend of mine told me he his son is graduating high school this year, and he told me a number of years ago. He said, "Look." He said, look, son, I know that when you go to school, you hear these kinds of words and, and, and you, this kind of talk. And you're going to hear that your whole life. He's all, but you need to understand uh, how to control it and hopefully not make it part of your regular vocabulary. Because you're going to be places where that talk is not okay. And a lot of people won't understand when they can and can't use it. Um, even if they should, right, or shouldn't. But uh, but he wanted him to say, look, so at least while you're here in my house and you're with my family and you're with our friends, I'm not going to hear anything like that out of you. And I thought that was, a, that was a good way to put it, a good frank way to put it, uh, because I think, uh, you know, I had a friend who used uh, the F word as an adjective, an adverb, a noun, Every part's a part of speech, and uh, it just made him sound dumb. Right. And so, and so these kids, I mean, they get on the they get on the Xbox Live, and if they're hearing that, they're going to start saying it. And it's not just even a word themselves, but the phrases they're saying, what they're saying, how they're talking, how they're treating each other. How yeah, how they disrespect each other. Exactly. Or exactly. Disrespect, disrespect groups as well. Yep. Yep. And I think. Well, and you know, this is not just uh well, we we've made jokes about the Xbox Live thing for years because it is a treasure trove and a, and a bacteria f- growing ground for this kind of thing. But um, you know, the internet in general has this problem, and I think I think people just need to remember that hey, there's real people on the other side over there, and you know, they they want respect. They you know. Maybe when it's a whole group of fourteen-year-olds, it's enjoyable to talk like that. But I really doubt it. I, I think all of them inside kind of got that little burn that goes, "I know this ain't right." Maybe that's why they're doing it. But at the right. same time, 
Well, you, you bring up an interesting point. Uh, you know, we've been talking about video games. We've been talking about Xboxes and Wiis, and and those are fairly closed systems. Uh, so how do you guys feel about the Internet and your kids using the Internet? Ooh, man, that's a dangerous one. Um, well, right now we're... We're talking about how we're going to deal with this. Um, Nehemiah can browse some stuff on his uh, DSi right now. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of parents who uh, who have to face it because of the DS. Yeah, so, um, you know, we need to watch that a little bit better. We opened it up originally for some feature, and I didn't realize when I was opening it up that he would have full Internet access, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he primarily has been using it for walkthroughs. Uh, but I think it's something that uh, very quickly here, uh, I think we're going to probably, he's he's a pretty responsible kid, but I think I don't want him to stumble on anything. I think that's where, you know, a lot of stuff can get started. And I, I don't think I'm doing my due diligence if I don't make it hard or impossible, nearly impossible for him to stumble on those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, we've been talking about maybe how to deal with that. Uh, I've been looking at integrity online, talking with some friends and things like that to basically block it at the router. Right. And I think that will help. Um, but but internet in general, I mean, uh, this computer that I'm talking on now is primarily the uh, the first in math computer. You know, they're allowed uh, to go. The what? To, <laughs> well, at, at the kids' school, they have a couple of different websites that okay. they have to go to. And one of them is first in math. So right. they always ask, can we do first in math? Great. They all log in with their own IDs. They get credit with their teachers for it. And, you know, they're basically doing math games and right. math puzzles and such like that. So that's primarily what they're doing with these computers on the Internet. Um, they don't get to use the Internet without us hanging around. Uh, I mean, we're not sitting there the whole time, but typically internet for them means they play puzzle games on Congregate or they, uh, Haley's got like American Girl University. It's primarily gaming. There's not a lot of browser. Yeah, there's not a lot of, they're using the browser, but there's not a lot of surfing. Right. If any. Yeah, and they're, they're, in my case, I don't think my kids ever type in anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my kids are getting to the point where they're typing in stuff, and the links are already in the favorites, you know? So it's popping those out. Right. Yeah, you know, it's even this week, uh, my daughter told me that they're learning to type and uh, use the computers at school. And, you know, that's necessary. She's in second grade. That That's fine. But it did kind of kind of click in a little thing in my brain and said, okay, be ready, because <laughs> this is something new. This is a new skill set she has. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the kind of the same thing when I realized that, hey, you can control DirecTV. Well, okay. That's fine. I just need to know that so that I can keep an eye on it. Uh, and, you know, like like I said, for you, you're going to have a you know pubescent child here not too long from now. And so you're going to have that extra level of vigilance that you're going to need. And I really do think you're right. I think the Internet's probably in a lot of ways, the most dangerous place the kids can be. You know, it's one of the, I think it's one of the most dangerous places they are anywhere right now. I mean, the kids just don't play outside like we did. I mean, we want them to. Uh, There's a park around the corner from us 
uh, that the kids are allowed to play at, but they have to go in pairs. And, you know, they're not allowed to even leave one there to come back and go to the bathroom. And the whole time they're there, I mean, we want them to have a little bit of that freedom, but the whole time they're there, we're like, oh, it's the park. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, and I feel, you know, obviously we don't feel that way when we know what they're doing and watching in our house or they're playing in the backyard. But uh, the internet's one of those dangerous places where it's really a window to anywhere. Uh, and, and as adults, we have to be aware of that, right? I mean, uh, I have rules for myself on what I do and don't do and, and go and don't go. Yeah, and even, even places that you know, are along the lines of some of the, the uh, programming stuff that I like to do kind of guides me towards some of the other stuff I don't want to be at. So I know better yeah. to even go there. Reddit is a dangerous place. And and I'm aware of it. The yeah. kids, they're not aware of it. So I think, I think I need to put up those fences and make that, uh, make that available. There's a bunch of different ways to do that. I think I think at the router is probably a good way to do that because we have so many devices now at our house. Uh, even the we can get on the internet. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I mean, I let's see. I got my first computer. I was probably in sixth grade, uh, and I bought that thing right. Uh, and uh, used the uh, it was CompuServe at the time, and uh, you would get CompuServe discs, <laughs> and the discs would have you know a free three hours or whatever of dial-up internet time. And you know I'm maybe in junior high at this point, but as soon as mom and dad go to bed, you know it's the line by line porn that <laughs> I was looking for, and. I, you know, it's just a thing that, look, if you have a boy and they're a teenager, they're going to go find it. They're going to they're go gonna do it. it. There's nothing. It doesn't matter how good. I was a good, prudish, scared kid. It didn't matter. I oh, was yeah. in a safe place all by myself. Nobody was going to know about it. And so I went searching. I went exploring. It's going to happen if you don't stop it. Yeah, I mean, and you know it, what? Now I wish it didn't happen. Oh yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. You can't unsee those things. You, you know, those those things affect you. And of all the things that I've seen, you know, I, I don't want. I wish I could like wipe them out. And so I, I think about that primarily when I think about my sons and the things that they're gonna see and they're not gonna see. Uh, and, and what are the images that they're going to carry around with them in their life? And now, right, none I of know, this is about some kind of simple, simplistic morality. That's no. not what it's about. It's not about no, you're not allowed to do this. It's not about I have to restrict you. It's about I want to protect you and I want to keep you as healthy as I can keep you. Right, right. And and we live in a society now where you know it's it's perfectly okay to look and not touch and. Uh, the the cold hard fact of it is, I mean, both destroy just as equally. And I know I was, you know, I was always looking for that stuff too. And I'm and my kids will too. Uh, I mean, they're boys. It's something they're going to struggle with as well. Just just being boys. But what I don't want them to do is is uh, struggle with it more because it was easier to get a hold of. You know, I want I want to kind of pull in the reins and lock it down and. And not not that they'll never see anything, uh, but hopefully they'll have seen less because of the diligence that 
you know, my wife and I had right. tried to put into it. Well, man, and I think, you know, every generation says this, but I honestly believe that it's true. It's way worse now than it was when we were kids. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I just described just... having the very beginnings of the internet, but I was a super technically advanced kid because yeah. I'm a nerd. But yeah. most people didn't have that. No, no, and it, I mean, it's right on the, it's right at the edge of our house, brought to you by the, the wire, you know? Right. Uh, it used it's to in be the house. A, in, yeah, in just, some cases, it's in the bedroom. Right. It's right there. I mean, uh, you had to, you had to do a lot more work to see that much, uh, when we were kids right. and when our parents were kids, man. You had to, in our, my <laughs> case, you had to come across the Playboy in the little homeless hovel in the little forest out behind our town. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. You had to have you had to have some kind of physical access to something, typically, and uh, and that's just not true anymore. I mean, if you, I mean, here's my son with the DS, and uh, if I don't, you know, if I'm not watching that, this is a, a toy that we bought him. A toy. Uh, yeah, it's a toy that we bought him that basically has that same window out to all those same things and needs to be, you know, uh, locked up and, and guarded uh, from him in some ways, you know. And and Nintendo, to their credit, they do a lot with parental controls and how they lock that down. And EMI can't change any of those settings because I've got the code. Hopefully he remembers what it is. You know, hopefully he hopes I remember what it is. <laughs> But to me, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these things, I mean. But it goes it's... from, you know, my kids are using the leap pad right now. And that's, you know, perfectly safe. To the, the DS, which has a little possibility. I mean, it's limited and it's controlled, but it's there, the possibility. To not too long from now, maybe, a smartphone. Or a laptop. Or their right. own tablet. Or whatever. Or to the you know to the PC in their room, eventually maybe uh, if that's something you guys would or would oh, not do, I don't know. But uh, we'll see that. That's it's, not there's gonna, a progression. It, that's easy for me to say that that's not going to happen at my house. Um, but yeah, I don't uh, ever who say knows, that. Who knows what a PC is going to look like? Right. It, you know, um, it, it's easy to say yeah, no computer in your room, but when the computer is a nine inch, you know. Android tablet or iPad, and it can go anywhere in the matter of a few minutes. Right. Uh, then, then all of a sudden, there is a computer in the room. You know, so it's like, oh, Dad, hey, can I use this to do my study for my report? You know, and and he goes into his room to do his homework or whatever. Boom. Right. There it is, right there. Well, and you it's know? even, I, you know, for me, I think about like, okay, right now my kids don't have a cell phone; they're not going to have a cell phone. But, you know. Certainly, they're gonna. I'm gonna want them to have a cell phone by the time they're driving. And you know, if the kid's like, "Hey, can I get a cell phone?" at that point, you know, eight years from now, there's not going to be anything but a smartphone. Right. Uh, exactly. We're computers as we know it are going to exist basically as business machines, I think. And all the consumer devices will be, you know, touch screen kind of things, and they'll be, they'll be. Uh, I think we're coming on a point where. You have a small device in your pocket that can easily you set on the table and becomes a big screen, either via projection or 
a link to a TV or whatever. A link to a TV or something. So, you know, what we think as a, as a computer today and what we think as a phone, I mean, yeah, it's still all connected to the same place. And it's all going to get easier. I mean, there's, there's apps now that have this material in it. So you don't even technically need to go to the internet. It's come to you. Right. Um, well, you know, I think that uh, we, we've sort of painted this picture a little bit about all of the dangers that are out there. And it's true. There are dangers out there. And like I said, I will do my level best to always make sure that my kids are stay as healthy as they can stay. And I, you know me, man, I'm probably a little too conservative when it comes to those kind of things. I'm super protective of my kids. Uh, but we both know that it doesn't matter how protective we are. If we are not doing things to instill in them our values, our faith, and our worldviews, it doesn't matter because eventually they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna find it. We can we can hold them back for as long as we want, but eventually we have to let go. Yeah, you know, and there's a big difference between your kids seeing that uh, how you feel and about these things and and trying to stop them, and yet another entirely to uh, teaching them why these things are not good for them. And at least then you would have done your job and trained them the way they should go. And then if they get hooked into it, at least hopefully they'll have that in the back of their mind. I know why this is bad for me, and I know I shouldn't be doing this. And that may not stop them right then, but I would hope at some point that would that would weigh on them enough to help them make the right decision. I think a lot of a lot of kids right now, and a lot of adults right now, they just the biggest problem is they were never told that it's not okay. They were never told that it's destructive. And they don't see how it's not okay or destructive. And I think that's where, and, and they don't until it's too late. Right? Uh, I think so. If we can get in early and not just tell our kids that not to do it, but tell them why it shouldn't be done. Uh, and, and, you know, those are the kinds of conversations that you just kind of got to have. And kind of interject into everyday life that uh, you, you hope that uh, when the time comes where they have to make that decision, that that thought clicks in their head and they go for it. It's not something actively necessarily that they're going to be guarding against. Uh, but, uh, you know, when the buddy's saying, hey, we got this, you know, you want to. And they're like, eh, something's not right here. I think my dad told me once, you know. Well, I I think you're definitely, you hit the nail on the head when you said you have to have the conversation. And, uh, you know, that that fits so many different categories. You know, it's, it's sex, it's money, it's friends, it's video games, it's violence, it's all of these things where you have to have these conversations. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's just, it's reading your Bible. Well, and it's, it's it's really just living out the conversation. Well, yeah. You know, because the way I think about this is that, I mean, I'm not the kind of person who wants to throw everything at my six-year-old and have her understand the world. Like I said, I'm very protective. But if my kids go out into life and come across something without having known about it from their parents first, I screwed up. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people make the wrong impression to try and shelter them from everything. And I think I, I think there's that there is a fine line there, especially at these ages, you know, it, you know, the five through ten right. ages. And I know yours are yours where where my kids are missing, yours fit right in between, right? So right, yeah. Uh, between the f- the five years, uh, all your all of our kids are right in there. So this this is the age where. You kind of just, like, for example, when somebody says something bad on some uh, radio show or something that you're listening to in the car, even if you're just flipping by it, you got to go, whoa, whoa, that's not how we talk. That's not how we talk. And and that's kind of how I deal with it. It gives me an opportunity to show them the right way to do it without making a big deal about it. And hopefully before they, I catch them doing it. But I mean, just interjecting those things into everyday life, um, kind of as they come up, you know. Why does um, my friend have, you know, two sets of families? Well, you know, that's that's what you guys are going to come across, right. and kind of explain that to them in a in a uh, kind of in a context that kind of makes sense to them, because uh, right now, you know. What they know is they know mom and dad together, and they have lots of friends who are dealing with that. And some of the problems with that, like joint custody and and things like that, uh, just those kinds of everyday occurrences, you know, just kind of explaining it to them before somebody else really has to get at them and explain it to them, try and make sense. That that way you get to put your spin on things, too. Which I think... Yeah, uh, exactly right. You you show them how we live. Yes. And, you know, that's that's super important. They need to see how we live. And if you're just sheltering the kids, you know, I think about video games. Man, the worst thing in the world would be if you're like, no, you can't play video games till you're 10. Or you can't play video games till you're 12. Or till you're 15 or whatever. Uh, and you just shut them off from that. Well, when they get there and they cross that line, they're going to go crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and that's that's going to be true of anything. I mean, if you if if you are that way all the way through their high school career, and then they step out of the house and they go live at college dorms, they're not gonna they're not gonna know what's good, what's bad, what's right, and what's well, wrong. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, we met when uh, your wife and and I and my wife were all heading at, at were at a Christian university. And you know, there were a lot of people for whom, even at the Christian university. Um, that was just too much. You know, it was, yeah. it was too much to have that freedom, uh, because they had never, they weren't gently released. They were just sort of cut the cord there at the end. And I, I, I think especially when it comes to the, the geeky stuff, uh, you know, we are, and Mike uh, Perna and I talked about this at the end of uh, our last episode. There's still, you know, not everybody is a gamer. Not everybody understands these things. There are still some of us for whom uh, these things, they, they make sense to us. They're part of our world. I've been playing games since I was four. Right. And so, you know, we've got to remember also that there are families in our churches, there are families in our neighborhoods who don't get this stuff. You know, you talked about the families that 
then maybe don't abide by the ESRB rating. Or, uh, you know, maybe it's because they don't have gamers in the house. They don't get it. They don't know. Uh, and for people like us, we, we can fill that role with our friends and with our church members and, and uh, the kids in the youth group. And, you know, we can be there to say, hey, look, this is, this is not what we do. But we still play games. Come let me show you how we play games. Right, right. Right. And, and that's the other thing I think the parents are doing a disservice. You mentioned, you know, parents that aren't uh, playing the video games or they have never played the video games. You know, if you're, even if you are the kind of parent that's following the ESRB ratings to the letter of the law, um, as soon as your kid hits teen ager and can now play teen games, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that your particular kid is ready to do that, right? And so that's the other thing about being involved. I think some of us uh, gamer parents, hopefully we realize those kinds of things and we're in, involved in that way. But it really just boils down to the kid themselves and what's good for this kid is not necessarily good for this kid type of thing. And it it comes down to really just inter- interaction, I think, and interacting with those kids and the parents interacting with their kids to know not only are they ready, but what, what are they ready for? Why is this even a conversation? What does it mean f- for them to play teen games? What are the content of these games? Uh, and, and and not just games, but everything else like that. Yeah, I think you know? that that it, it's it's like if your kid played t-ball or little league. Well, you may not be the biggest baseball fan, and you maybe aren't even all that good at baseball, but you probably should still buy yourself a glove. You know, you should still head right. out of the backyard and toss, and toss the ball with your kid if that's what they want to do. Your kids are gonna game; they're gonna do it. Girl, boy, doesn't matter. Video gaming is as much part of the culture now as books, movies, TVs were for us. They're going to game. So you probably could, you know, do some wee bowling. You could probably, uh, uh, you know, see what games are on their iPad and play with them. Jump in there, do it with them, ask, you know, ask about the game, ask what the games are for. You might find that you really like the game, even though you don't want to play it or you don't uh, know how to play it. You might want, you might be okay with them to play it. You also might come across things that you didn't realize that they could play on these systems that you don't want them to play. Right. And, and sometimes, again, it's, it's back to the interactions of in the multiplayer arena. I mean, what we're talking about Xbox Live is just tr- as true on Webkins in some cases. Oh, really? About, about who they're interacting with. Webkins is really good about making sure that you know certain uh, certain accounts can only sign on with friends that have been approved and things like that. But you know, for example, in in the cases where they're not, uh, if you let your kids just chat with anybody online even though it's a fluffy um dinosaur dog or whatever it's you still don't know who's there and what the conversations are you need to be involved in and at least aware of those things and that's going to be true whether that that all that stuff applies almost directly from the webkins world into facebook 
and some of the other social media that isn't necessarily games anymore, but it's still that interaction with people and how you treat them and what you can see there and how people treat you and all that stuff. And it, I think it's important. I'm learning from my older uh, friends at work that have older kids. It's important to find out what your kids are doing on Facebook and those other social media sites. It's, it's the same problem between Xbox Live, Facebook, and some of the other sites, uh, like even the Webkins. Again, Webkins is not so bad because it has some parental control type things on it, but Facebook doesn't. Right. And Xbox Live, uh, once you're at the Halo level, it really doesn't anymore. So, Well, I think that the, the takeaway here is just to, to interact with your kids. It's really? to be there and to see what they're doing and do it along with them. Um, you know, we can never fully protect our kids. As much as we want to, we can never do it. But we certainly can put an effort in to be there and be involved and connected with our kids, especially when it's the geeky stuff we like anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you I, want them to enjoy that stuff. Man, I sure appreciate you jumping in. And hanging out with us today for the the Geek Dad version of uh, Game Store Profits. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It was uh, great filling in for Mike. I haven't met Mike yet. Well, neither have I, like I, I know him. <laughs> I feel like I know Mike quite a bit because uh, I've listened to the show so, so long. It's kind of an honor to sit here and fill his shoes. So hopefully he's off having a good time. And it won't be long before he's having these conversations. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's not put too much stress on the poor boy. So thank you again for hanging out with us, folks. Uh, as always, encourage you to head over to GameStoreProfits.com or to Facebook.com slash GameStoreProfits. Let us know how you teach your kids about gaming, about the Internet, about Facebook, and uh, about uh, life and how you share your faith and uh, your worldview with them. And uh, until next time, as always, remember that God is the Game Master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.